You can be seated. We're going to have our wonderful brother, Wally Pearson, who's been a pastor all over the place. And we're just so blessed he's part of Casey. Amen. Wow, what a picture. All them youth, that's pretty amazing, gang. Wow. Lord, more of the Holy Ghost on their lives. Amen? More anointing in their lives. Life-changing power in their lives. God, just pour it on them in Jesus' name. Oh, praise you for them, Father. Father, I praise you for this opportunity. I praise you for your glory, Father. Father, I thank you for your Holy Spirit who is engulfing within us, Father. I thank you for your glory that's fallen upon these people, Father God. I ask for an increase of your glory on their lives, Father. I ask that your words would penetrate deep into their hearts, Father God. And it would bring change, Father God. That it would set them on fire for your glory, Father God. I thank you for this opportunity to present your glory and your presence of your kingdom, Father. That your kingdom would go forth and it would change our lives, Father God. That we'd never be the same. We'd leave this place, Father God, taking back what Satan has robbed from us and stolen from our community, from our country, from our state, Father God. Satan, you have no rights. We command you to loose them now in Jesus' name. Father, I just ask for your presence to rise up within your people. Cause them to know who they are in Christ Jesus. That they have all power and authority, Father God. That they lack nothing to change the environment they walk in, Father God. That greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, Father God. God, have your way in our lives. Create such a hunger in our lives that will change our lives beyond our understanding, Father. Father, I give you this night, Father. I ask for your glory, Father, and your presence to be here, Father God, and that your kingdom would come and your will would be done, Father. And Father, I ask it would change my life and every life in here, Father, that we would never leave here the same, that it would stir our hearts to go forth and do the work you've called us to do in the precious, mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, this is, it's dark up here. But yet, you look out here, the lights are blinding you. It's like when you sit on this thing, it's like, wow, this thing is dark. It's like, wow. Praise the Lord, anyhow. <laughs> um, it's really good to be here tonight. You know, God is such an awesome God. He's beyond our understanding. I, you know, God is, is literally my best friend. And Lori is my second best friend, my wife for 48, almost 49 years. And I take that literally, she is. But my Lord and Savior has been a friend to me since I've been a little boy. And I wouldn't know what to do without him. I really don't. When I was a little boy, I used to f lay down in the hay barn. I was born with... Uh, ten brothers and sisters and five other kids. We didn't have foster kids in those days. My dad was friends with the sheriff and the judge, so he would just, the judge or the sheriff would call him, we've got this boy that's in trouble. You need to take him out in this big dairy farm we're on. And, and the kid did learn how to work because that's all we did was work. <laughs> but, you know, my father, my mother was a Jewish lady, and my dad was a, a godly man too. He was just a man of God who who just loved God. He would make us get out of bed every night and put, get on our knees and pray before God. And it said something in this man's heart that has never left. People, I've never had to deal with drugs, alcohol, 
None of it. None of it in my life. I've never tasted it. Coffee even. I don't even like coffee. I've never smoked. People say, how do you do that? Because when I was a small boy, I created a love for my God that I didn't even understand. I didn't even know what I was doing. It was so powerful in my life. He just took me over, and I would lay there and weep before him and cry out before my God and ask him to help me and change my life and to protect me and to use me as a little boy, and he did. I used to come out of that, and I would start preaching to my brothers and sisters. I'm talking eight, nine years old. I'd line them up and start preaching at them, and I would start blessing them, and I'd start speaking into their lives. I never understood it, and I loved to listen to, oh, what was his name? The guy with the college down there in Oklahoma, Oral Roberts, in the 50s. This is like 1954. We got our first TV. It was about that big around. This little round thing, about 16 or 14 inches, you know. You had to get five inches in front of it to see it. <laughs> you got two channels. <clears throat> and they were very, not much. But anyway, he would come on that thing, and I would copy that man. I would copy everything he would do. My mother would come in, what are you doing? In the name of Jesus, be healed. Throw the wheelchair away, and they'd walk, you know. I says, Mom, this guy is great. Jesus is using him to heal people. And she, my mom says, you shouldn't be watching that stuff. <laughs> but you know, it affected my life. It was amazing. You know, we serve an awesome, awesome God, people. He's so unbelievable. And you know, sometimes in my mind, my greatest fear within my heart is that that would be removed from my life, that that, that relationship with my God, somehow I would screw it up and sever that relationship, and I wouldn't have that, because it would literally destroy me. I would literally die. I could not withstand that. Because when you live with that presence all your life, it's really, you, you couldn't live without it. You know, it's like Adam walked in the garden with the Father. The Father wants to walk with us constantly. He desires to walk with us. He's anointed us. He has literally put his glory within us, the anointing of God for a purpose, so he can have a personal relationship with us. It's a love relationship. It's not a head relationship. It's a heart relationship with your father. It's crying out to him. It's talk to him with every little detail you've got. It doesn't matter what it is. He's there to be with you. He desires to be so much a part of your life, to change your life, and to become your Lord and Savior. But more than that, he wants to become a friend. Literally a friend beyond your understanding. He is so personal. The Bible says that he's anointed us for a purpose. And that anointing is powerful. That anointing will literally destroy the works of Satan. It will, you can put your hands on people and hold their hands. And you, you just hang there long enough. The glory of God will start convicting them and they'll pull themselves away if they can't stand it. That's reality. I don't care if you're in McDonald's or if you're in Hardee's, wherever you're at. The anointing doesn't leave you. It's not a feeling. It's a presence that God deposited in us. It doesn't leave us ever. It's always there. It has nothing to do with our emotions or whether we've sinned or not sinned. It's a gift from God. It's a covenant promise. It's a contract from us that he gave to us. He paid the price for it. You don't have to pay nothing for it. You don't have to go without alcohol or drinking all your life. It's just that what God protected me from it. I'm grateful for it. I didn't have to go through all that garbage. I'm grateful. I praise God for it. I praise God for parents that helped protect us and prayed over us. And watch what I pray God for a woman of God that served God since she's like six years old. That's about, I won't say how many years. Sorry, honey. <laughs> it's over 60, though. 
Isn't that amazing? It's an amazing thing. And God wants to so walk with you. That relationship, people, is so personal. I can't, if I could only express the feelings I have in my heart for my God and my relationship to him and the talks I have with him. I'll give you a good example. The other day I've been working on redesigning this new church we're building. And I'm praying. I says, God, you've got to give me some of your wisdom and knowledge. I need to, I need to make changes here, but I need you to do it. One o'clock in the morning, he wakes me up because, you see, then I'm really listening. <laughs> I'm not busy with the four-wheelers or whatever else, thinking about fishing. Wakes me up. I go in there, roll out the plans, and the Lord says, this, this, and this, and this. I went, unbelievable, God. That's amazing. Oh, yeah, really amazing, isn't it? He did it. All I did was dumb enough to obey. Actually, smart enough we got to be obedient to what he's saying to us. He's talking to each and every one of us. He is so personal. Do you realize when God made a covenant with us, what that covenant says to us, when, he, when the Bible says Jesus is our friend, what he is saying to us, that everything he did and has is ours. All of it. It's a covenant contract. They never called you a friend in the Hebrew unless it was covenant. Friend was used in the Hebrew and the, and, and the Jewish people's, on, uh, on, their, on their whatever, was to become a covenant. So when you were a friend with somebody, it was covenant. That's it. Everything I have is yours. You lack nothing. Isn't that amazing? He has called us a friend. That means all that Jesus did is ours. It's paid for. You can't pay for it. You will never be good enough to pay for it. If you think your puny head is trying to figure out a way to become more anointed, you're dreaming. It can't be done. It's a love relationship. It's a love relationship. It's a heart thing. Get it out of your head and fix your heart and say, God, I love you. I need you. Help me in this situation. Help me to be a better father. Help me to be a better mother. Help me to be a better child. Help me to be the person you want me to be. Help me to take the authority you've given me. I lack nothing. I can do all things through Christ Jesus. Give me the strength I need to take back what Satan has robbed from my life, from my marriage, from everything I touch to do. Give me that authority that you've given me, Father. He's already given it to you. All power and strength has been given to you. It says the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells within you. That means you lack absolutely nothing. Nothing. He's a powerful God. He wants to use you beyond any of your expectations. You can't even expect what he wants you to use you for. You know, one time I was laying in an emergency in an ambulance, and, my, and all the devices were going crazy. And I'm laying on this gurney in the ambulance. My wife's standing outside staring at me, praying for me. The Holy Spirit says one thing to me. Praise him. I just, one word came out of my mouth that went, Praise you, Lord. And I broke out literally laughing out of control on the gurney. Grabbed my stomach. The Holy Ghost nailed me. I could not stop laughing. I'm in this ambulance. Every one of those electronic instruments went normal instantly. When I turned the fear into praise, look what happened. Satan. It was nothing but false evidence appearing real. Satan had no right in my life. He had no right to be turning my life or even attacking my body. Instantly, then those four guys jumped out and four more jumped in. Figure something's wrong here. So they also checked, says, no, everything's normal. Everything's well. But my wife said he still had to go down there and to the hospital and be checked out. She wouldn't let me go. So I went down there and I got to witness down there with the doctor and 
and they did a stress test, and everything was fine. God took care of it all instantly. He's that kind of a God. You know why? Because He loves us. He's a glorious God. He's a friend beyond imagination. He cares for us so much. Of course, I had a little Hebrew mother, too. She wasn't real little. My grandma was a little Hebrew mother, but they were great people because they loved God. They really loved God. And see, when your parents, your parents out here, you need to show and demonstrate the love of God to your children from the heart, not from the head. Not the letter of the law, the heart. The love of God needs to be portrayed to your children. The law or the law will destroy them, will drive them away from the church. Do you know 80-some percent of the Baptist kids, when they go off to college, never return back to the church? 80-some percent. Why is that? Because it's the letter of the law, not the Spirit of God. It's not our mighty words. It's not, not, not our, our precise speech or elegant letters or whatever we speak. It's the anointing and presence of the Spirit of God that changes people's lives. That's what it's all about. It's drawing near to Him and His glory coming into our lives, changing people's lives around us, listening to Him, allowing the wisdom of God to be, to be, to be spoken out of our lives. Let life speak out of your tongue. Not blessings and cursings, but life. Start speaking life in your children. Start telling them, greater is He that's in it than He is in the world. You will do great and mighty things when you grow older. Nothing's impossible to you. You know, start praying. I don't care if they're on drugs. You start speaking life into them. No more. We cut off those drugs. We cut off the effect of those drugs. I'm going to tell you something. There was a man who was in a state hospital for 30 years. I was a chaplain there. That man was in the hospital 30 years. I started doing some counseling with him. I told him the blood of Jesus will set him free. He got up and screamed and ran out of the room. I started praying for that man. One day he was walking down the hall. There's two men I always use for deliverance that own the Christian bookstore. That man, those two men, this man comes down the hall and says, somebody's calling me in this back room. So I went back, so he went back in the back room, and these two men set this man free that's been bound up for 30 years. The power of God, the anointing of God, the wisdom and knowledge of God and discernment set this man free after being bound up for 30 years of his life, instantly in 30 seconds. They bound up all the drug effects that would affect his body. He went back to the state hospital, and the drugs had no effect on him because all the drugs that give you to the state hospital that cause you to shuffle across the room. That's what it does to you. It's, it's controlling drugs, controlling crawls, every part in your mind, your body, everything, your movements. It had no effect. Six months later, the man was free, totally whole. That's the presence of God. We ran a drug rehab center, Lori and I did. We started it, and I don't know way back in the early 70s, powerful drug center. The federal government came back. We were claiming 70%. They came back and gave us a 97% cure rate. Why was that? It was the glory and the power of God's presence. It had nothing to do with man. It had to do with his presence within us, changing people's lives. That's what it's all about. It's the anointing of God that destroys the yoke of bondage. It will drive back to Satan's works. It will drive back Satan's forces out of our cities and out of our communities. He has no rights. He only has the rights we give him. We need to take back what Satan has robbed from us. We need to know that greater is he that is in us. That that presence that was put in us, Jesus says, greater work shall you do than what I have done. Well, if that's true, then let's start doing them. The only thing that lacks us is doubt and unbelief. Or fear. It's fact of life. Faith. 
you know, let me read something I read up here. I, I wrote something down. I need to read it to make sure I, re- I read it right. Because it's that good. It's about faith. And God brought it to my attention today, and I wanted to bring it up forth to you people. So, Weak faith says, I know what God says, but I look at the problem. Weak faith says this, I know what God says, but I look at the problem. Great faith says, I don't care what it looks like, I look at God's truth. The difference between great faith is what you dwell on. The problem or the answer? What are you going to dwell on? The problem that's confronting your life? You know, I like this, you know, a warrior replied this. You know, the devil whispers this into you. You cannot withstand the storm. Satan will tell you that. Whatever is going on, whether it be sickness, disease, family, marriage, divorce, whatever it is, you cannot withstand the storm. That's Satan's whispering you. I can't take this anymore. The warrior says, I am the storm. I'll drive you back to the pit of hell where you came from, Satan. You have no rights. I will give you no rights in Jesus' name. Amen? Now I'm going to read the scripture to you. <laughs> um, it's in, actually, you know, you know the story. I'm not even going to read it. I'm going to tell you the story. It's about Joshua and Caleb. They were allowed to go into, into Jericho to look at the promised land. They came back, and they gave the report. Eight of them gave the report that you couldn't take the promised land. There's no way. So the whole camp got into murmuring. Fear, unbelief, everything destroyed the camp. Caleb and Joshua said, no, they're nothing. With our God, we can do anything. We can take the land because our God is God. That's what they were saying. Because they knew their God. we got to stop murmuring and start believing what God has done for us. We've got to realize that he is a powerful, powerful, mighty God. And that we lack nothing to walk in that truth. We want to take this city for God. We want great revival in this church. Then you've got to recognize what is dwelling within you. And take back what Satan has robbed from us. Don't join in on the world and let the world dictate to what you believe or stand for, including in the government. There start speaking all this curse and damnation and fire and our finances going to pot and everything else. Lies. That's a lie. Who is your provider? Is it God or is it the world? Is it your job or is it God? He can give you money in a fish's mouth. Money means nothing to God. It just means something to us. He can give you money anyway. You can walk down the road and pick up a gold nugget. He can send you a check in the mail. He's God, people. It's a fact of life. I worked in homesteaded quite a ways from here. For many years, my wife and I did. We never went without a job in this little community ever, ever. We, had the, we were the only ones that had a job in that community. The rest of them were on welfare and food stamps. So we always had a job. Why? Because of our God. Because of my trust in him that he would take care of me and my family and that I lack nothing. He's that kind of a God. He's that kind of friend. He wants to be such a friend to you. He wants to touch your lives. He wants to be so intimate to you. You think you're intimate with your wife? That's a drop in the bucket, people. Your intimacy with your God goes even a step farther than that. It is such a depth. It is such a relationship. It's unbelievable. 
Sometimes my God's presence becomes so strong in my life, I can hardly withstand it. Why? It's just his love. It's just love. I'm no different than anybody else. I'm just somebody that loves God. I'm a sinner saved by grace. Point blank, period. That's the way it is. Jesus was tempted by every temptation there was, but he didn't give it life. It entered his mind. It entered his thought pattern, but he never gave it life by speaking it. That's how we give destruction life. You want to give this earth destruction? You want to give our city destruction? Here's what we did, people. We, the, they voted that drugs were legal. We gave Satan permission to enter in and start destroying the day we did that. Do you realize that? Permission was given to this state for Satan to have free reign in the drug world, and look what's happened. Reality. But we are believers. Two of us can speak under that mountain, drive that thing back to the pit of hell where it came from, back out of this state where it belongs, back to the pit of hell. We have that authority, people. You just think, oh, what can I do? What can I do? That's what Satan's telling you. That's that little small voice whispering to you, you can't do nothing. You're nothing. That's a lie of the devil. There is nothing you can't do. You can speak unto a literal mountain. If you do not doubt, it will be going and it will be cast in the sea if you do not doubt in your heart. That's the God you serve. He is a mighty, awesome, powerful God. I can't even say enough about my God. I could sit here and I could tell you miracle after miracle after miracle I have seen delivered out of these hands because of his anointing. Not me. What's in me. It's his presence, not Wally. It's his anointing, his presence that does it. And some people say, sometimes I can literally feel that presence leave my body and go into that person and touch their lives to change them. That's reality because that's who he is. He can do whatever he wants. It's his anointing. It isn't me. He just chose to anoint me because Jesus went and died, to the died on the cross, took the keys away from Satan. He went down to hell three days. He took those keys away from Satan. That's all the rights, all the rights that he's going on on this earth right now. America was developed to be a nation under God. We've allowed it to become a nation directed by Satan and his forces. We've allowed it because we didn't recognize who our God was and the authority he gave us. It's time to shake off our slumber. It's time to take our lamps, shine them out, and let them shine in our communities, in our job places, change the environment we're in. We have a powerful God, and he's dwelling within each and every one of you. In our children, we can change the lives that we're walking around us, Father. He's a great God. And it's really warm up here. <laughs> Thank God for air conditioning in our new church. <laughs> you know, just to change the subject here a little bit, thank God for this church because that's not a by an act. That's a miracle. This church is being miracle. That's a miracle from God himself. Anytime you can buy a property for what they bought this property, turn around and sell them just about triple your money. Turn around and buy it back again for, for as little as what they paid for it again. That's God. That's God's favor. Not only that, to turn around and start a couple new churches and buy this church besides. How awesome is that? I'm going to tell you something. The heritage of this church body, this church, is so powerful in missions and giving because just that. God, you will never outgive God. That's a fact of life. That will return 
to every person in this body because God will bless us for it. No doubt in my mind. I told pastor, we never want to stop being a giving church. We want to continue being a major missionary giving church. We have to because it's needed. Are you mighty men and women of God? Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you. All things. You can change your environment in your job's place just by a change of your attitude. I can change the environment going into, a, into Walmart. I've had a gal get chewed up from her boss. I'll come right behind that thing, and I'll turn around and cause that gal to smile because I have the power within myself to do that with words. Our words have power. They have the power to create or the power to destroy. You want to, you want to speak life into your families, life into your marriage, life into your home. I hate these microphones because I never use them right. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I'm kind of a, a mic person that has to mount it on me. Otherwise, it doesn't work good for me. Anyway, <clears throat> it's... I just want you to leave this church so encouraged that you go out there and we start changing our world. We have to change the environment in our world, and we have to start doing it one at a time. And it's time to stop Satan from entering our homes and destroying our homes. It's time to put a, just literally put a veil, the blood of Jesus around your home. You literally do that. You physically take that your hand and place that blood over the door mantles of your home, around your home as a shield of protection. That blood is powerful. He took those keys away from Satan from hell, and he put, he put Satan under his feet, which puts him under our feet. Jesus did that for us. Satan only has power that we give him with our tongue. The temptations Jesus had, I'll get back to that, he was tempted with every temptation there is, but he didn't give it life, did he? He chose. That's what I did as a young man, but God helped me to choose. It wasn't that I wasn't tempted. It's just that I decided, no, I don't want to do that. I'm not going to do that in my life because I've seen my friends. I've seen my older brothers. I didn't have to go very far. I watched my old brothers. One day, my older brothers came home drunk one day. My dad got them up. They got home at 4 o'clock. My dad got them up at 5 in the morning. We milked 100 cows, five in the morning. They worked all day nonstop. He brought them sandwiches. Eight o'clock at night, they finally got to come in. They went to bed. He says, you ever do that again? You'll work day and night. It never happened again. <laughs> Smart man. <laughs> you know, we need to have the mind of Christ. And we need to start taking that word and start getting it within our hearts. And let that word change our environments. Let that word speak to our hearts so that we can become men and women of God that our light shine. This church that we're building is a church that's going to be such a light in this world. It's going to change the environment of this state. That's what it's being built for. We don't need another building. We need a place that's a place where a refuge place where people can come and their lives are changed. The love of God is so powerful and so permeating. The anointing of God is so strong. And that has to happen for preparation of people in this body today. It's a church that's going to hold about 1,700 people. And the odds are it's going to be full. That's reality. 
You need to rise up and be the men and women of God God's calling you to be. Take authority. Become leaders of God. Become leaders in your home. Men, start being men of God. Be the high priest of your home. That doesn't mean you're ruler over your wife. That means you're ruler over the enemy, Satan. You drive out the evil spirits that are trying to bind up even your marriage, your home, your children. You have that authority to do that. My kingdom's growing a lot. I have 12 grandchildren. I have authority over all 12 of those grandchildren. I take it. I use it. And right now, my grandchildren, I couldn't tell you some of the things God's doing in their life. Two of them just graduated. Top 1% of their classes, two different schools. That's God. Both of them graduated. Christian men of God. Both the kings of their class. Palmer, the first time it ever happened, they, they voted in a Christian man. Not even a man that was out for sports. That's God. In fact, the king and the queen and Palmer both were Christians. That's powerful, people. They're having an effect because your prayers have an effect. Men, you have power. Take that authority over your home. Stop Satan from entering your home. Stop him from rebellion from entering. People say terrible tools, rebellious teens. It's a lie of the devil. Where does it say that in the Bible? My children have to be terrible or rebellious. Give me a royal break. That's the devil lying to you. As soon as you speak that, guess what? Satan has a legal right to do what he wants. So what you got to do then is repent. Lord, forgive me for speaking curses on my children. I'm serious. Father, forgive me. Cover them with the blood. Help me to speak life into them and truth into them. Because the only truth in life they're going to get, and they're looking at you, Dad. You're not perfect. You don't have to be perfect. God's not looking for you to be perfect. They're looking for the love of God to see you through you. That the heart of God is within you. And that comes just through the God, I give you my life. God, help me. Give me the strength. Give me the words to speak. It's not hard. Jesus said, pray the Lord's Prayer daily. Pray like this, and it'll change your life. The Lord's Prayer, put in your own words, pray it over your children, your wife, every day. It will change your life. It'll change your finances. It'll change everything that goes on. It'll come against all curses. It'll come against curses against your finances. The blessings of God will pour out on you because Jesus said do it daily. I would advise you to do it. It's a no-brainer. It will change your lives. What a God we serve. I just, oh. Is it warm in here or just me? Stand up. <laughs> it's warm. I'm like, wow. Yes, I'm looking at your faces. I can see that. It's the fire. Worship was great, wasn't it? You know, the anointing of God is so precious. It absolutely amazes me sometimes. And sometimes it comes on me in the most unexpected places and times. It's just like my wife says, what's going on? I says, oh, it's just God. One time I was standing in the shower. You'll like this story. I was standing in the shower, taking a shower, worshiping God. I fell down. The presence of God hit me. I fell right down the shower. Bang, fell down. Lori's hollering at me. What happened? What happened? It says, Honey, I just was worshiping God, and the anointing of God hit me, and I fell down in the shower. I'm all right. Everything's great. Don't do it again. <laughs> you know, your relationship has to be beyond these church walls. It has to be personal. It's a love relationship, men and women. Do it. It'll change your lives. 
He's a God of such love. Oh, my goodness gracious. Is there anyone in here that really needs a touch from God right now? That's something going on in your lives? Come up here. We need to pray for you. Anybody in here feel like the anointing of God's on their life very strongly? Come up here. I'm going to teach you something here that needs to start being done in this church. If you believe all power and authority dwells within you, then you have as much authority as anybody praying up there. You realize that? That preacher ain't got any more anointing than you do. Don't ever believe that. That's Satan lying to you. Then you think God's a respecter of people. That's a lie. He's not a respecter of people. So when you lay, when you raise your hands, or even you come forward, you feel led, you want to come forward and pray for somebody, but let it be God speaking to you. Then come forward and lay hands with nothing else. When you put forward and you speak those words, you're speaking power. The same spirit that lifted Christ from the dead, raised Christ from the dead, dwells in you. The same spirit when God spoke, moves across the face of the earth. Guess what? That spirit dwells in you. So when you speak, guess what happens? In the name of Jesus, touch that man. What do you think God's happening right there? God's touching him. You have that kind of authority. That will change the church. Amen? Yes. Oh, you can pray. Everybody, I want to pray. All right, we're going to um, lay hands on people who need prayer. Brother Wally's going to lay hands on you, but... You might not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior tonight. We never like to close a service without giving an opportunity for you to give your life to Jesus. And so I'm going to ask you right now, while people's heads are bowed and you're praying, if you don't know this Jesus that Brother Wally was talking about, this God of love, this one who died for your sins, he sent Jesus to, to die for you so that you could be reconciled to him and have the abundant, amazing life and the intimacy and relationship with him. Maybe you don't know this, God. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if you've never given your heart to him before and you want to. I'm also going to ask if there's anybody here that just wants to make a fresh commitment to the Lord tonight. Maybe you've been walking the fence. Maybe not live in the way that you know you should. And I'm just going to give you an opportunity in a moment to raise your hand. And maybe, thirdly, you just want to make sure that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, that you're going to go to heaven one day when you die. I'm going to have you raise your hand, too. Now, if you fit into any one of those three categories, can you just raise your hand up right now while everybody's praying and eyes are closed, heads are bowed? Raise your hand up right now. If that's you, I see that hand over there. I see that hand. I see those hands over there. Praise God, I see those hands. Come on, just let's, let's affirm our faith right now. Repeat after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I thank you that you died for my sin and rose again after three days so that I could have a new life. Please forgive me of all my sin. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. 
and help me to live for you. In, uh, in the name of Jesus, amen. Come on, just lift your hands for a moment. Lord, I just thank you for these that pray, prayed that prayer tonight. Lord, I'm asking for those who just did that for the first time. I'm asking God that you would just fill them with your Holy Spirit right now. I ask, oh God, that they would grow in the wisdom and knowledge of God. Lord, that they would get rooted and planted in church, in your word, in prayer, and in worship. Lord, I thank you for, for those who made a recommitment to you tonight. God, I'm asking that you would just come and refresh them. Lord, that you would help them to live for you. Lord, I thank you that you've given us everything that we need for life and godliness. You've given us your power. You've given us your spirit. And I'm asking God, strengthen them with might in their inner man by your spirit tonight. We just thank you for it. You're a great and mighty God. Amen. Amen. Now, uh, if you need prayer, like he said, you can just come on up right now. And otherwise, we're just going to close the service. You can seek the Lord and you wouldn't mind just if you have conversations just have them out there while we're continuing in a time of prayer here all right let's just take someone by the hand tonight lord we're so thankful for your word that's gone forth we thank you god that you have given us a life of abundance we thank you for all that you've given us your your authority your power lord that you desire to be intimate with us and so god i just pray tonight for your people Lord, bless them. God, help us to grow in our knowledge of you. Spirit of wisdom and revelation, come. Open up our eyes. Open up our hearts. God, we want to walk in all that you purchased for us. And we just thank you for it. Now, Lord, bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them and give them peace in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. And we just give you glory, honor, and praise tonight for who you are and all that you're doing in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Well, God bless you. Like I said, if you need prayer, come on up. We want to pray for you. And otherwise, if you could just fellowship out in the hall so we don't disturb these folks getting prayer. God bless you. We're so glad you're here or that you came tonight. We'll see you this weekend. Don't forget it's Father's Day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.